0: Good evening, everybody. We are here with the first Q&A of the ninth month, Haven't September 3rd today? Yes, September 3rd. So we just thank God we entered into another month, and we have lots of questions today from all around the world, and we just thank for the women's meet in the morning. We had responses from all around the world. They were tickle pink. They were all crying. That's what my wife does. She makes me also cry for other reasons. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I shall hear a balcony when I get
0: home. <laughs> <Hallelujah>. <laughs> this is a men's meet. There are no ladies here. <laughs> just to keep you relaxed. So we'll go to the questions now. Before that, we will look to the Lord. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness, for your goodness, for your kindness, for your mercy. That's what brought us through, Lord. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank, thank you, me. Lord. Thank you. As we entered into a new month or day, the questions from your children from around the world, even from within India, everywhere, Lord, we pray. We'll have the wisdom to answer them, Lord. But the anointing will be ours, because the comfort, the strength, the power has to come from you Amen. in us. We do not have anything to give, mm. but in you we are complete, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank, you, Thank you. Come at this time into the hands. Speak through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 <coughs> Hallelujah.
1: Start, Pastor. So this question is the last question, the question number six for the day. It says, a passion is a fervent or intense emotion. A desire is something that the heart craves. As sinners in a sinful world, we are going to experience both. How do we handle these emotions each day? One of my 18-year-old kids wants to wants you to answer this for her.
0: <clears throat> See, in itself, the word passion or desire is neutral. It is neutral. It's the question is, what are you passionate about? And what are you desiring? Mm. That is the question. It's mm. not that passion is neutral, desire is neutral. You can have that passion for the right thing, which leads to destruction. You can have passion for the right, uh, sorry, wrong thing, destruction, and right thing, and keeps you. Like if you look at Jesus, he was absolutely passionate about fulfilling his father's will, and once he knew it, nobody could dissuade him. He set his face like a flint towards. Towards Jerusalem, desires are much more. Uh, what my Lord, we desire many things in life, but desires pass away. Desires pass away. Mm. Uh, one John two seventeen says, "The world and its desires pass away." Okay, so desires are there, and passion is one thing. Desire is one thing. Mm. The world is passive and the lust of it. Okay, and I we will put it across desire, as the yeah. desire. Lust mm. means basically desire. Okay, in in a, in a kind of more stronger version of the world and its desires pass away. So, again, there are desires which God has put in us, which are legit. They are not illegitimate, they are legit. But also, desires, when you look at the world, is passing away. The desires are also time-bound. Yes. Time-bound. When it comes to desires, desires are time-bound. Like... uh, Desire for, let us say, pleasure is which God has put it. There are pleasures on his right hand forevermore. There are desires which he has put. But desires are supposed to be time-bound. Like let's put it across the one that is ruining the world, which is desire for sex. Okay. But it is time-bound. Though the desire is there, it is meant for a time with boundaries set post-marriage. But if it is before marriage or outside marriage, it will destroy. Mm. It will destroy. So there is a desire. There's a desire for things. Mm. Okay. Desire for things. But the problem is, uh, if you love those things, those things will destroy you. Mm. Okay. Yet, every perfect and good thing comes from above. Okay. So this is how you balance it. Mm. This is how you balance it. And... uh, the best, the best positive way, I mean, this does not happen overnight. Let me tell you first straight away, it does not happen overnight. But, uh, it happens by constantly focusing on eternity. Because you can make sense of this life only if you keep, if you're focused on eternity. If you're focused on the temporary, you will go kaput. You will go. You lose your balance, you lose your passion will be misplaced, your desires will be misplaced. But if you are focused on let me give you that verse from Psalm thirty seven five, if I'm right. Psalm Delight 30, yourself in the Lord. Yeah, thirty seven four, four four four. Okay, four, thirty-seven, four. Psalm thirty seven four. And <coughs> Yeah. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart delight yourself okay so the thing is that that's focus on god god is in eternity okay if you focus on god then what happens is literally he sanctifies your desires Mm. he sanctifies your desires your heart changes that's why the Jesus is very clear. He says, "Love God with all your heart, all your might, all your strength, with all your soul. Love God." Okay. So what happens is your heart gets sanctified. Your Heart gets sanctified. I mean, it's a very, it's a very, very simple, simple uh, reason. I mean, a simple practical example is: when do people change? How do people change when they fall in love? When they fall in love. Mm. With anybody or anything, yes. Anybody or anything. Okay. <laughs> Boy falls in love with his motorcycle. He's gone, and he'll keep on falling off the motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he's gone. Okay, or if he falls in love with a girl, suddenly you will see the boy changing because he's changing according to her desires. She says, "No, I don't like this." Just, okay, that's why we say, "Your whisper is my command." Okay, all the dialogues come out. <laughs> okay, all these things happen. Okay, and the, God is saying is that the simple thing God is says, is, you know what? You love God with all your, all your heart, all your might, all your strength. I do believe both your passion and your desire will change. Mm. you will start being passionate about the things god is passionate about and you will desire the things which god desires mm. okay but what are the practical ways which i mean okay on theory it sounds very good but the question is how do you do that mm. how do you do that okay there is something which god will do <clears throat> there is something which in everything almost everything god asks god Calls for a partnership. Partnership, He asks us to do something. He will do something which only he can do. Then he will ask us to do the things which we have to do. Which we have to do. Okay. What he will do is Deuteronomy 36, which only he can do. Thirty-six. Deuteronomy 36, which we ask as a promise and ask Lord, surrender Lord, ask him to do that. Deuteronomy 30 verse 6, which says god so shall circumcise, circumcise your heart. okay the lord god your god will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul that you may love. okay So circumcision is a very painful thing remember it's not a, it's not a pleasurable thing it's a very painful thing it's a very very painful thing so when god says he will circumcise your heart <coughs> there are two ways you can circumcise your heart to yourself. Yeah. Understanding, word of God, understand. These things God like, these things God like. I'm choosing. Free will is there. Choosing to get, leave these things and choosing this. That's a painless way. Yeah. The painful way is God circumcising your heart.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: Post captivity, there is no idolatry in Israel. <laughs> they had then. Idols were coming out of their nostrils after 70 years in Babylon. Slavery, all that. Honestly, that's what God will put his people. He says, I told you. <laughs> your way out is you love me with all your heart. I will. I'll make you so miserable in the things which you ask for. It will come out of your nostrils. At the end of the day, you'll be tired of it all and say, Lord, would you rescue me? He says, Yeah, I will. Okay. People end up finally like that. And they say, Lord, all I want is, to even today, <laughs> I had a mail from somebody saying, you know what? T.J. honestly, I just want to die and go home. Okay. And these are not normal people who are writing. These are people who have enjoyed power. Enjoyed power. Hmm. Enjoyed pleasure. Enjoy the trappings of what this world could offer. Now, you are sick to death of it all, the life you led. You know what? You just want to go home. Okay, so you want to go home, right? So you you really want to go home. Eh? So really, because you want to go away, what you love, right? So now you love God, right? But it's not yet time for you to go. I know you're listening. It's not time for yet for you to go home. Now you will stay back because you need to finish your work. Hallelujah. Finish your work, finish your race, and then go home. Okay, this, this literally will happen. Literally will happen. You are a somebody whom God... As elected, chosen, child of God, you know what? God says, (laughs) at the end of the day, everybody who reaches heaven will love God. And they will love Him here. And then reach there. You're not going to reach there and suddenly fall in love with Him. Don't worry, you will love Him here. (laughs) He will, He will do it. He will do it. So, this is the key, okay? The Lord your God. So what is our this thing is, I mean, the simple thing is that, (coughs) practical thing is, you make your choices. You make your choices. First, like, we need to have to, the knowledge of God. Okay. The knowledge of God. Like, when I use the term about, like, because we are all men sitting here, <coughs> a man falling in love with a woman. And when he falls in with the love, there is fellowship or there is conversation. And through the conversation, he gets to understand what she likes and what she does not like. Yep. So he slowly makes those choices to like what she likes and to dislike what she dislikes, basically gives up gives up i i have told this many times i still remember my undergraduate day and i can still remember i mean I, those guys are definitely not listening his name was matthew savior and his terrible dude unkempt would never wash his clothes i didn't know whether he showered too and smoked like a chimney he used to drink and then he fell in love that was not a thing the girl also fell in love with him i don't know how she fell in love with him because sometimes girls fell in love fall in love with things too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But she fell in love with it. Okay. She fell in love with it. <laughs> a week a week week later. A week later. You wouldn't believe. Matthew Saviour looked so different. He had showered, haircut was all, beard was all trimmed, he was not smoking, and then we found out the reason. Matthew Xavier has a transformation because she, she fell in love and the girl doesn't like these things. She just made it gently known. <laughs> okay. So how did you know? Because there was a conversation. So basically, when you get saved, you are so grateful, thankful to God that he saved a pig like you. Okay, after we come to the fact that he, loved, he saved pigs like us. And then when you read the word, you get to know what he likes and what he doesn't like. Okay. What he likes and what he doesn't like. And you know what? Then it is not so difficult to give up those things. Mm. Okay. He doesn't like this. He likes this. He doesn't like this. He doesn't like this. And you choose to do that. Okay. And that's a decision uh, Daniel is making. Okay. (coughs) That's why, see, we need to understand the fear of God is one thing which keeps you from sinning. The fear of God is not going to keep you from serving God. Mm. It's not going to keep you from serving God. Nobody serves God because they fear him. Mm. Okay, the consistent serving of God. Okay, that's what it's in a relationship, a husband-wife relationship. This they have to serve one another. Okay, that's, the fear of God is not going to make you serve your wife. The love of your wife is what's going to serve your wife. The love of your husband is what's going to keep on serving. The same way is with God. That's what Jesus said. If you love me, then you love me if you love me you will keep my commandments you know. so the, the, the whole thing that's the most powerful Solomon will say love is as strong yes, as death. death which is true you die to yourself hmm. okay pick up your cross deny yourself pick up your cross no how do you do that okay hmm. it's because the only way possible is because you love the other person and the only way we can love the other person is we look at the cross Hallelujah. the only way we can love God is because you look at the cross and you realize you know what this is unbelievable what he really did for me. Mm. You no, know, that's where we we talk about sacrifice. Mm. We look at the sacrifice. You no, know, so honestly, we look at you look at relationships also on earth, and you look at the sacrifice. Like first, I would not put the spouse because the spouse comes later. What comes first is parents. Mm. Okay, one level or whatever you may think about your own parents or one level or other, parents do have sacrifice for us. Yes, They do have sacrifice for us. And uh, they, that's why we are here. Yep. Okay? If they did not sacrifice, we wouldn't be there. And there are two levels of sacrifice. There's a level of sacrifice the mother puts in through, which only a mother can put through, and the sacrifice the father has put in through. So they, both these sacrifices are there. So when you focus on that sacrifice, that's what I call the cross. You are able to love them. Yes. You are able to love them. So it does not matter what they say or what they do or they grow old Mm -hmm. and they say things and okay, that's all those things can be, that's why the Bible says love Love covers a multitude of sins. But where does that love come from? It has to come from sacrifice. It has to come from sacrifice. Okay. If you don't focus that sacrifice, that love will not come. Because what causes that love there is what cause why do the Bible says we love him because he first loved us and how did he love us? You look at the cross, boy, this is the way he loved me. Don't make it us, me. Therefore we love him. In the same way we come into sacrifice. So you take into all relationships, you look at it that way, you will realize it is easier to love some people and it's difficult to some people because if you you are not able to love some people you will realize, you know what like we use this term uh, you are not able to love some people because they are takers they are not givers Mm. they are takers Okay. but when it comes to our children our babies, our children we are able to love them without reservation because we know they are takers they cannot give but even when they give us a little smile. (laughs) It gives us so much joy because, you know, that's why God says it's more blessed to give than to receive. Mm. Mm. Okay, It's more received because, you know, when you become a giver, it's part of sacrifice. You become a vessel of God's love. Mm. You make it easy for others to experience the love of God. Mm. See, it didn't matter whether you were a mafia boss or a leftist or anything. Almost everybody would scratch their heads when it came to Mother Teresa. Ideology doesn't have to agree. Religion does not have to agree. They would look at her and say, how can anybody do something like this? Yep. It was consistent. Yep. Okay? It was consistent. Okay? So, it was a practical form of this. So That's what we are talking about. So, when you look at your passion, first, this, you love the person, then you look at what he desires. What he desires. So, you make your choices according to that. Second, You look at what is he passionate about. Because passion is always connected, I mean when you're older, passion is always connected with a cause. Okay, children are connected with things, passion, they're passionate about bikes and this thing, well that's all useless things, waste of time, those passions are all waste of time. We are talking about passions. It is usually connected with a cause bigger than you. Okay. So when you look at that caution, that's what basically what is happening when you see David has made his choices. Okay. He has been in the wilderness and he loves the things of God. He has spent time with God. He's hearing from God. He's understood God at his level as a teenager. And he decides the things of God. And therefore, when as a young teenager he's sent into the battlefield for the other different reasons with Bread and cheese for his brothers when he hears Goliath speak. His reaction is different because he's passionate for God. Mm, yes. He's passionate for God. He mm. says, who is, is this answer? uncircumcised Philistine that he dare defy the armies of the living, living God. God? That mm. was the thing, not the armies, but the living God. He's passionate about mm. God. So his reaction is completely different, no? Mm. Completely different. Uh, And uh, then his brothers try to interfere and insult him. He ignores it because right now his passion is directed towards God and his kingdom. So he says, is there not a cause? Cause, Yes. And he turns away. is there not a Mm. cause? That is how desire and passion comes. But it's a conscious decision. It's a conscious decision. It's a simple question is, where did your desire for this thing come from? It didn't come random. You heard about it. You searched about it. You experienced it, and that's where the desire came, and the passion came, right? Mm. So you cannot have a desire and a passion in vacuum, okay? God says, if you seek me, you will find me. You will find me, you know? So you cannot find God in a vacuum, okay? So you the more you seek him, the more you will learn to be passionate about him. So that's how it comes. But the practical ways is that you understand what God does not desire and then you have that desire then what you have to do is like peter would say kill it you have to choose to kill it and that is where if it's a very strong desire goes the form of kind of an addiction and all what happens is you have to fast See what I am saying is, it is not whether the desire needs. Like I said, desires are neutral. Mm. Desires are neutral. What do you have to. When does a desire become harmful when it destroys relationships? Ah, yes, it destroys relationships. Mm. Like, like we have, uh, we say, men have their toys. This day, no? Men have their toys, okay. But usually the men have their toys, no. The problem is, uh, the toy is neutral. Mm-hmm. But when the toy is taking your time away from your relationship, mm-hmm. that very toy, which is actually non-toxic, <laughs> has become toxic. It is taking, because everything, see one thing about relationship, let me make it very clear, whether it is with God or man, it is built on time. The most important thing about a relationship, it will require time. Without time, you cannot build any relationship, either with God or with man. You cannot build relationships without time. And the question is, that is when your desire becomes toxic. Because desire, if it is connected with something, let us say, even if it is sports, okay, like, is sports bad? No. You know, what happens is, men get hooked onto sports. <laughs> And often, the spouses have no interest in that sport. No interest in this sport. They don't even understand that sport. The problem is, when the season comes, the man does not even know he has a wife. Does not even know. And and the problem is, it affects the relationship. It affects the relationship. Okay, so that is where you have to realize, okay, and uh, i'm I'm not talking about just sports on t v but so many things, so many things so now, let me ask you this is sports bad? No, the advertisement in between the sports is bad. Mm-hmm. the sports in itself is not yeah. bad, okay, it's not bad, but the whole question is it can destroy relationships, destroy relationships, it can destroy relationships with your spouse, with your children. With God, because if you go to U.S., almost every major league is on a Sunday. And there are pastors who are very wise with discerning with humor. And they will call, oh, thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. All our dear brothers are here for the first service because the game starts after that. You were never there for the first service. (laughs) So they are there for the first service. Why? Because right after that, usually the people who come for the second service are there for the first service because they don't want to miss the game. Okay. But coming for the first service like that itself is... You have already put who is first and who is second. <laughs> okay, so these are the problems that let us get God out of the way. <laughs> let us get God out of the way. Let's finish this thing with the God. Otherwise, I will be watching with guilt. I didn't go to church and I'm watching this game. No, I want to be fully concentrated on my game. These things happen. Okay, these things happen. That is where it is. That is where you have to kill your desires. And one of the way, you, if you go to First Peter chapter four, verse What's one it? and two,
1: no? about. Yeah, <laughs>
0: Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, okay, these are the desires of the flesh, okay. Arm yourself also with the same mind. So, what does it mean? You look at the word arm, okay. So, if you look at that term, to arm, it's not a normal verb, it's a military verb. When you have to arm yourself, it takes a lot of effort and training, okay. Doesn't say pick yourself. Picking is very easy. Arming is not very easy. Arming is not easy. Okay, so it uses the word arming. So it means there's a lot of effort and training in it, your mind. Okay, because it's basically it's a with the same mind. So it is basically in your mind. You I mean every battle is won or lost ultimately in your mind. Ultimately in your mind. Okay. And it is a simple thing, and I mean I have I have to keep telling It's a very, very simple thing. You have to think these things ahead. Think these things ahead in your mind. Once you have fixed that in your mind, after that, the act becomes very easy. Mm-hmm. If you don't think it through, if you don't think it through, it becomes very difficult. Then when the actual, this thing comes, you will be upset or you will be offended or you will do it in a very grumpy way. You have to think things through. Think things through. Okay, and that's why God has given us a mind. That's why we are different from the rest of creation. Because we have a mind. And the Bible says, uh, have this mind of Christ Jesus. When it talks about mind there, it is one, is it is attitude. In Philippians two five, it is attitude. Here is the thinking process. So we need to both the attitude of Jesus Christ. The attitude of Jesus Christ is humility. Basically, don't consider yourself... Too good for anything. Mm. You need to have an attitude. Okay, that's a basic problem. We have attitude problem. Then second is to think it through. If we think it through, that that he no longer should live the rest, rest of, of his life, life in, in the, the flesh. flesh for let us use the word desires of men, but for the, the will, will, of, will God. of God. So simple question to ask is that this is good. It's neutral. But if I spend so much time in this, is it the will of God? The will of God comes into it. The simple will of God is, Jesus put it into, love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. So, if I invest so much time into this, is it affecting my relationship with God? Is it affecting my relationship with man? Simple question to ask, and if it is affecting, it is not the will of God.
2: Hmm.
0: It is not the will of God. Okay, it is not the will of God. The simple thing: how is it affecting my relationships? It's a simple thing. Ultimately, the relationship with God, no? the vertical and the horizontal. If it is affecting the relationships, then I need to cut it down. I need to handle, okay, and then be passionate about the things which God is passionate, passionate about. about. Yep. Because passion has to be there. What is God passionate about? And if you look at it, you know what? God was passionate about people. Yes. <laughs> he was never passionate about up. anything else. He was always passionate about people. Mm-hmm. Jesus was I mean, you have a word passion and then you put see compassion. Mm-hmm. So whenever he saw the crowds, he had compassion, compassion. about them. Compassion about them. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's the whole thing. The whole thing. He had compassion upon people. Okay. That's what I said. No if you don't get your mindset right, we will always struggle. Because the, the, the deciding factor is my soul. And in my soul, there is my mind, there is my will, and there is my emotion. The will is there, but the will is also kind of neutral. It can go whichever way. Mm-hmm. The mind has to think it through. Exactly. The mind has to think it through. Mm-hmm. And the mind thinks through and has decided on it, the will come And the emotion comes in and you back Back it up up and you're Mm. passionate about it. Absolutely. But Mm. passions will take time. You will have to work because our passions are kind of by the fall bent in the wrong direction. So don't look at your passion. Put it at the last. Mm. Put your passions at the last. But when you have consistently worked it out in your mind and your will, you will realize you will start like doing it. You will start like doing it. You will really start like serving others. You'll find that the word of God is actually true. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Okay. So the people who take are always miserable. Because that's the nature of hell. Hell is always taking. It's never giving. Hell never gives out anything. It's always taking. It's always expanding. The grave is also like that. The grave never gives out anything. Hell is Never satisfied. Never yes. satisfied. So you need to ask yourself. You, you see, much of people's misery is connected with the laws God has established. God has kept a made a law. The law is that God is very content and God is very happy because God is a giver.
1: Mm.
2: Yep.
0: God is a giver. Okay, and He says this is the way the law will. Givers will be happy. Take us will be miserable. <laughs> but that's what the world will say. God will say the advertisement is take, 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 take more, take more, take more, take more. But the more you take, you're never satisfied. Yeah. But the fact is that, the more you give, the more satisfied you actually become. There's a, con- there's a contentment. Contentment. I always tell parents, uh think about it, no? Like when you have your child's birthday, uh you wanna surprise the child, you know, all these things and all. But look back and ask Who was more happy? Happy, yeah. It was the parent who gave another child after five minutes, fifteen minutes may forget it. But he will always remember the moment. Mm. I remember. I remember the look on her face. I look the look on his face. He was so you are able to enjoy, enjoy the moment even years later the child has forgotten the toy you yes, got yes,
1: yes 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 but you have
0: not forgotten the joy you received mm. because you gave mm. okay and that is how it works out you practice it you will realize god has set spiritual laws these are the laws of the kingdom mm. so you have to work out your desire and your passion align it with the kingdom of god why I say God first is because, because the neighbor, let us say it's your spouse or your children or anybody else within the parameters or the boundaries God has set in with you, may not have the desires of God. Mm-hmm. May not have. So you you have to put God... That's it is, it is for our own safety, God says, love God with all your heart. And then love your neighbor as yourself. The reason is that... If you love even your spouse with all your heart, with all your might, all your strength, you will be a slave of her desires and passions. Yep.
2: <laughs>
0: and if she or he is not a kosher, does not love God with all her heart, all your mind, you will be trapped. And that's how people get trapped mm. in, in relationships, they get trapped. And they are miserable. You know why? Because you realize, you know what? This love it's not love. This is from hell. It's never satisfied. Yes. It is never No matter satisfied. what you try to do. Whatever it, try, it's never satisfied. It is never satisfied. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if you love God with all your heart, all your might, all your strength, and you are still giving on this side. Even if there is no response, it does, does, mm-hmm. still doesn't bother you too much because there's a response from home. Amen. Okay, response from home. Okay, like if you look at the things Jesus probably did for 30 years. 30 years. I don't know what kind of a response he got from his hometown, from his family. And even when he gets to get baptized, John is not very happy about the baptism because he says, you should be baptizing me, not the other way around. But the response from heaven is, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Mm. So this is still not affecting Mm. him because everything he has done Mm. is because he loves his father Father. and it's according to his father's will, so there is something that is flowing from heaven. Satisfaction. That's why God is saying God is not being selfish. He's for you, our own protection. Whatever you do, do is as unto the Lord. Mm. When you go to office, you see, you just don't worry about your boss, don't worry about all these people. You just give your best shot. You serve me over Mm. there, he says. When you go back home, you will have job satisfaction. Hallelujah. That's what it's talking about. I mean, right? we always go back to, because one man called Joseph, right? I mean, what did he get in Potiphar's house? He's still a slave. He's still a slave. But definitely in Potiphar's house and uh, in the prison, he had enormous contentment mm-hmm. because God is with him. God is with him. And you will see that what he does is what God desires and what he refuses to do is what God refuses. It's not according to God's desire. So that's how you have to do it. You have to consciously. There has to be a separation. There has to be a separation to the things of God and from the things which God dislikes. And when you read the word of God, you will get to know. Like I said, we are not the word. That's what Peter's final words in grow, Second Peter yeah. 4, 318. 318, yeah, not 4. 2 Peter, yeah. Second, second Peter, it says, grow. In grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ grow in this knowledge of God basically what is the knowledge of God we need we need to really find out what is that you like what is that you don't like yes. I just want to like what you what like, you like I mean, basically that is the way marriages are basically framed not a human marriage human marriage you learn to like both parties yes. need to like because we are both frail and we are both fallen but in God's case God is perfect God is perfect. So we just have to find out what is that he likes and what is that he dislikes. And you will say, Lord, change. That is how oneness comes. Mm. Then you are able to be one with the Lord. What does it mean? We will say they are of one One mind." mind. They are of one mind. They think alike. How do they think alike? Because... Out of relationship, they have learned to like the same things and dislike the same things. Where does the conflict comes? The conflict comes is because they don't like the same things. Hmm. And I'm not saying that you need to, you need to, I mean, uh, like, like my wife and I, like, we don't like the same things which we eat. But there's never a conflict on the dining table. absolutely no conflict so you go back at home dinner what she eats and what i eat won't be the same mm-hmm. but uh, we have like uh, my <laughs> niece and her family were there and we are talking about it. In English, they call it banana pudding. We mean it. We have a rice curd, banana sugar. We mix it and eat it. In Five Star Hotel, you have to pay through the notes. They'll serve it as <laughs> banana pudding. Okay, So they were talking about it. And uh, Ashutthi was saying, oh, we all love it. And Papa used to give it to us. So we all love it. And then she asked, Ma, did you ever eat, taste it? She said, yes, because he told me, if you don't taste this, I won't taste your pasta. <laughs> So for that thing, once I tasted it, okay. But well, the fact is, she tasted it only once. But I still have been eating pasta all this. Yet, okay? <laughs> okay. So what I'm saying is, you. I mean, when I say, okay, they both have to like each other. No, that's that's not. Don't take it very narrow. This thing, okay, that's not okay. But basically, what you're saying is that uh, you'll you'll. I say it's okay we can be at the same table can live in the same house and you can have your own personal likes and dislikes and that should not affect our relationships relationship only thing is that it's a common rule the thumb rule is that whatever you like and whatever i like should not be harmful mm. i can eat my banana pudding it's not harming her <laughs> She can eat her pasta. It is not harming me. Okay, it is not harming me. Okay, but on the other hand, if I'm sitting and drinking rum, then Mm. it is harming her. It will harm the family. Mm. And she says, stop drinking, stop drinking. But I am drinking. You are not drinking. It's going into my body, not your body. No, it doesn't work that way. Yes. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work me. So that is what I meant over there. So that's where you have to look at how does my desires, does it affect my relationship with God and with man? And my passion. I'm a really, really passionate about the things of God. When it comes to passion, I would try to put the neighbor away. Neighbor yes, away. God. When it comes to passion, it has to yes, be God. Yes. Singular. Because the passion has to go through life and through eternity. Yes. It has yes. has to be God. But when it comes to desires, you need to have God and your neighbor. When it comes to passion, I would say... Primarily you can be passionate only about one thing. One thing. And that has to be God. And then everything else centered around it. You cannot be passionate when people use those words, but you cannot be passionate about God and be passionate about cricket. Then you'll go for the first service. <laughs> 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 you cannot be you cannot be. You, can, you simply cannot. Because whatever you are passionate about, you will end up serving it. And God said it very clearly. You cannot serve two masters. Passion is connected with what you end up serving. You end up serving all your life.
1: Yes, Pastor Vijay. Zeal for God's house consumed.
0: Yes, that is passion. Zeal for God's house consumed. Pastor,
1: this is another daily walk question. This is question number one. Because we're talking about, uh, I think it's related. Question number one says, how does one walk in the anointing daily consistently? How do we do this? How does one receive the revival in our heart daily? How does one walk in forgiveness, I believe? Walk in forgiveness. (laughs) (laughs) To walk in unforgiveness daily is very easy. (laughs) easy. Forgiveness daily. Saying it is one thing. You cannot just forget it when people hurt you or are mean to you. How do
0: you do this daily? Okay, let's go to the forgiveness part. First, let us go to the forgiveness part. But let me tell the truth about forgiveness. Forgiveness is a decision. It is not an emotion. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. The first <laughs> thing you need to realize mm-hmm. is forgiveness is a decision. It is mm-hmm. not an emotion. To wake up tomorrow morning is a decision. If it's an emotion, you will not wake up. Yeah, <laughs> 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 okay. It's a decision. It's a decision. It is, don't make it an emotion. Okay? Life is full of decisions. The problem is, emotions may go with it, emotions may not go with it. But your decisions are important. So when it comes to forgiveness, it is a decision. And once you have decided and you have spoken it out and you keep speaking it out, don't worry. The emotions will follow. You don't let, if you fo- allow, if you follow your emotions, you will be unforgiving. It will be unforgiving. Because a decision is basically connected with truth. Mm. And truth is connected with God. God said forgive. God said forgive. Mm. And why did he say forgive? Because he says, I have forgiven you. Mm. That's the truth. Yes. So if you look at God and if you look at me, I do not deserve forgiveness. I do not deserve forgiveness. Okay, This is the same logic which God uses. God says, forgive as I have forgiven you. I forgiven. And we look at God and says, okay, if you look at the logic of it, and who God is, and who I am, I don't deserve forgiveness. Okay? So, that's the truth about it. So, when God is forgiving me, God says, I expect you to forgive. I expect you to forgive. So, first thing is that forgiveness is a decision. You choose to forgive. You choose to forgive. And, uh, We'll see part of it, not about forgiveness, but one of the primary ways in which God has created us, man, in his image, is that you go to Genesis chapter 1. All of creation is by speaking. God said, and it was. God said, it was. Mm. God said, it was. Okay, so that's a primary image of man. God's image in man is God speaks. Man speaks. Mm. Animals don't. Even if they make sounds, those sounds have no power. Yes. Man's words have have creative power power because he was made in the image of of God. God. So when you are struggling with unforgiveness with a particular person, the way is speak Speak it it out. You don't have to meet the person. Yes. You don't have to meet the person. I'm not talking about you have to speak it out in your prayer closet. God, I choose to forgive so and so. I choose to forgive. You know what? It has power. And you know what? As you keep doing it, your emotions start changing. Emotions are changing. Because everything is in words. Yes. I can never forget. I will never. That's also words. And you know what? Your emotions go along with it. You know? So you change your words hmm. because you cannot think unless you have words. Yes. Babies don't think because they have no words. Okay, hmm. Thinking process is all connected with words. That's why I'm talking about it is in the mind. You think it out in the mind with the words. You speak it out with your mouth. Now, First and foremost is not with man. It is always with God, before God. Before God, you speak. That's what I said, your morning prayer closet is so important because you speak these things out before God. The only person who will understand you and never misunderstand you. hallelujah With God, even your spouse may misunderstand because she cannot get into your mind. Mm. But God knows even before you speak what's in your mind. Even before you speak, He, he knows it all. Okay, he knows it. So he will never misunderstand you. Even you may misunderstand yourself. God is not going to misunderstand you. Because he understands you. So all these things have to be spoken before God. Consistently, And the same person is over and over consistently speaking before God. I choose, I choose to forgive, I choose to forgive, I choose to forgive. You are not saying what they did is right. We are not justifying any. You don't have to do any Hmm. of that things. Hmm. The thing is that I choose to forgive. That's it, period. Like Hmm. Jesus chose to forgive. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they are doing. As simple as that. They don't know what they are doing. It's a decision. Hmm. He made his decision. Okay, in the most impossible circumstances he made his decision. So you have chosen to forgive. And that's how you walk in forgiveness. Okay. And the thing is that, no, don't do it by emotion. Now somebody hurt you. Somebody said something very mean to you. And immediately in emotion, you heard the message. You immediately go, so I am so sorry. Forgive me. And they said, I don't care whether you forgive me or not. And walks away. And now you are even more upset. I never should have done that. It's not talking about all those kind of things. Okay. So the first is before God. And once you have put it right with God and your mindset is right, your emotions is right, you know what happens? Usually what would happen is God that create, God will create yeah, a, a situation, situation or when you run into the person, the first thing you realize when you see the person is that I have no resentment inside I me. Mean, I feel actually sorry for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jesus consistently mm-hmm. was forgiving people mm-hmm. through his life on earth. Therefore, when he was on the cross, when he looked down, all he felt was he felt sorry for them. Yeah. It's compassion that is coming from his mouth. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they are oh. doing. It's compassion. Why is he compassionate? Because this is what he's been consistently walking through. Walking through, you feel compassion. You feel sorry for people. Mm. You feel sorry for people. You You feel sorry. So, you know, that's where you have to get it. That's how you handle it. And then, how does one walk in the anointing daily? And how does one receive the revival? I mean, this, actually, the question is wonderful. Because when you walk in forgiveness daily, the major block for receiving for the, uh, receiving the yeah, anointing, anointing goes. Yes, Anointing is connected also with relationships. Yeah. If relationship. yeah. relationships are messed up, then anointing will not come in. No. Anointing gets blocked. Why was Jesus filled with the Spirit? Because there was no block in Him at all. Mm-hmm. Block in Him at all. That's how, it, how does one walk in the anointing daily. It's not just walking in the anointing. The thing is that you have to increase in the anointing. Increase in the anointing. You have to keep on. I mean, I would like when it says about Jesus, he was filled with thought measure. measure. Filled with measure. But I personally believe that has got to do with truth. That's got to do with truth. Because he came full of grace and full of truth now the question is i mean it's a very common and the question is also they are connected with grace and mm. anointing mm. and course anointing is a it's a different word it's a different kind of word i mean they're all related but they are not all the same it's all related but they are not all the same so let us get not get into it but like i said it is the revival in our heart is connected simply with being right with god and right with man right with man Right with God and right with man, and no, and it is—it's it's not a very—I'm di- telling you—it's not a very difficult. It's not a very easy thing. It's the easiest thing when you are a child. But the older you get, and the more responsibility you start having in life, and more responsibility means you are in a position where you have people under you. It becomes more and more difficult because you see, when you are a child, it is so easy because you don't have to take any decisions. The decisions are made for you. All you have to do is obey orders. Mm. Dad says do this, mom says do this, teacher says do that. It's very easy. But when you become a person of your own and you have people under you, you have to take decisions which may offend people, hmm. may please people, hmm. may not please people. Yes. But the question is that is where the truth comes. Yeah truth comes. And then uh, the issue is that the problem with truth is that you cannot fool around with truth because God is truth. Okay. So now you're caught in a situation where you have to handle the truth. But when you're handling the truth, you may offend people. But if you don't handle the truth, the anointing will not flow. Mm. But if you... You are going, okay, I'm not going to handle this truth. This person will get very offended. And the problem is that, you know what, because you don't want to offend this person, you just put the truth away. And you're okay now with this person. But the problem is the flow has stopped. The flow has stopped. Okay, the flow has stopped. So it's a very, very, it's like, it's, a, it's not a very easy thing. It's not a very easy thing. That's where, well, see, all these things are connected because that's where God says, you have to love me first. You have to put me first. If you don't put me first, what will happen is, of course you will have a very nice relationship with people, but it won't be true. Because your relationship with me is not true. The anointing will not flow. The anointing has to flow. It comes from heaven. That has to come from, and so it is it is that 's why God says, you know put your relationship with God first, because every other relationship, however important they may be, are temporal. The hmm. father is temporal, the mother is temporal, your wife is temporal, your children are temporal for one, there is no guarantee they will all come on to the other side <laughs> there's no guarantee because each one has to get personally saved <laughs> Two. If they come on the other side, the relationships are not the same. Mm. Two, we don't know heaven. What is it heaven like? (laughs) So you may be five in a family. All five make it to heaven. It is not necessary all five are in the same level. (laughs) Same level. Mm. Okay. May not be at the same level. One person may be level seven. Another maybe in level one. <laughs> okay. Though you were together in the, in the same house <laughs> all your life, mm. but there you ended up in two different places. Okay. I mean, these are what mystics say, Christian mystics say in their visions that heaven has seven levels. Seven levels. And those who have reached level seven can fellowship with one level six, seven, five, four, three, two, one. But those who are in level 1 cannot fellowship with 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 because they do not have the spiritual ability to fellowship with them. Hmm. They cannot have... Okay, it's basically like, you know, like we have babies. Now honestly, think about it. If, like, we we had Rihan here. If you have to fellowship with Rihan, who has to change? You have to change. (laughs) You have to talk about power trucks and bikes and all those things. So you have to become a child and fellowship with him. But imagine you're caught with Rihan alone for eternity. What is your state? You don't want to be. However much you love the child, you said, so please grow up. Please grow up. I don't, I love you at this age, but please grow up so that you know what? Because it is, you want children to grow up. We really want children to grow up. Though we love them as babies, you want to grow up and as they grow up, we are able to fellowship with them more and more and more and more and more. Okay? But if you have, like we had our Home with special needs children. We loved them. But we couldn't fellowship with them. The fellowship with them, all the years I had my special needs children, the fellowship with them every year never changed. It was always the okay. same. Wow. One was blind, so you had to whistle to that one. Another one you had to call by name and it will react. The reaction was always the same. The fellowship was always the same. It never changed in 10 years. You know why? Because they were especially its children with the mind issues. That's what we need to talk about. What is heaven going to be like? Going to be like. Okay, we have to think about all these realities. Realities, because all these things are temporal. Therefore, when you want this flow, you have to always put God first. And when you put God first, you will be misunderstood. You will be misunderstood. But when you put God first, other things also. You will have peace about your relationships. Peace. That's why God says we need peace with God as far as, as possible, possible. with peace with man. With people. As far mm. as God says it, it may not be possible. Some people will never be able to because simply it's because they refuse to change. Mm. They refuse to change. So that's how you look at it. Yes, Pastor, we Pastor,
1: again, this is another very interesting question on a very practical aspect. The middle way of love, this is question number two, yeah, thank you, is not about being nice or benignly tolerant of those who see, of of those we see doing wrong. Love is active. God wants us to be his agents of rescue when we see another sin. Is it true? Is it okay to go on to the person in authority and let them know they are wrong? How do you deal with this?
0: It's a very, like a very general kind of a question. But the issue here is, uh, what is the setting you are talking about? Are you talking about a setting in a, like the setting can be a home, setting can be a church, setting and be a office. Yeah. All these places, it is different. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Like in an office, be very careful. You may get your termination notice. <laughs> mm-hmm. okay? yep. Yep. You have to be very, very careful about it. What you can do, like let's go from the office onwards, from the, from the world, let us get it. You are in the office, the person in authority, your boss is doing something wrong. Now, simple thing, especially in India, I will say, mind your own business. Second thing, if he asks you to do it, say, say, say sir, I cannot do it. That is what you do. Say, sorry. my conscience, my faith does not allow me, and do, do it. Very, very polite. Generally, yes. Don't do it rudely. Don't be self righteous because we had people who did it all very self righteously and they messed up their testimony. Don't do it. Wherever you work, if you have a boss, the boss is your boss. Okay. Just say that I cannot do it. Don't say that you are like that and you are like don't let none of your business. Shut up. Don't make any judgments upon this other person you just say that my conscience my faith does not allow me to do that wow. be very very careful Come about on. these things very very careful I can't do that I'm not saying you cannot do that my conscience my, my faith does not allow me to do that it's as simple as that put it then from there let's go home when it comes to home let us say uh let's let's say first, let' us get into a marriage, so let us say the authority there is the husband, so the husband is wrong, and the wife sees it, and what is she going to do? I would say she should say it gently, mm-hmm. gently, pick the time. you have yes, to be wise like Abigail, pick the time mm-hmm. it's a time when you should pick because by now you should know your spouse. you know when best time to talk to him he's relaxed he's he's okay he's calm. He's, that's the best time to talk, not when he is upset and angry. You have to pick your time. Abigail picked a time. She didn't tell Nabal when he was drunk. She picked a time in the morning when he was sober. So pick a time, be wise, address it that way. Address it that way. And if it is not working, the simple thing is that go above his head. Mm. Go to God. Go to God. That's always the best, best. way. If Rebecca had gone to God, should have heard from God and says, "I'll handle it. Don't worry." She didn't go to God. She didn't go to God. Wow. Okay. So, best thing is that all these things should be dealt first in the prayer closet. Dealt in the prayer closet. Then it comes into the into the church setting because that's the three settings primarily we live in. Okay. Office home so, church. Okay. Mm-hmm. Office, okay. First, be very careful. You are talking about your own church. <laughs> not somebody else's church none of your business leave them alone okay but your own church in that situation what do you do okay the question first is that uh, the Bible is very clear about it because the word used is you see but are you sure what you see is seeing when you use this word it's a very it's an if you miss are you very very sure what you saw what you saw, okay. I have used this example, okay. You see Sammy outside Johnny Wines, actually, Johnny Wines standing there in the queue. You're passing by, and you saw Sammy, and you decided, you know what, Sammy is in charge of so many things in the church, but we never knew he drinks, <laughs> so you decided to take it to authority. You brought it to me and said, Pastor, I have, very upset, what happened? No, I have something to tell you. Sammy drinks. Did you see him drinking? Uh, not exactly, I didn't actually see him drinking. Then where did you see him? No, he was standing outside a wine shop. Wine shop outside? A lot of people stand outside. No, no, he was standing in the queue. I saw him at the counter. Okay, bye. Did you see what he buy? No, it was covered in a package, but it was wine shop and he took it. Okay, really, okay. Did you check with Sami? No, I didn't check with Sami. Why didn't you check with Sammy? Oh I thought I need to report it to you. Okay, since you reported to me, let me tell you. My wife sent him to get wine to put in the cake. Okay? So the first thing is that, okay, be very, very careful how you handle these things. But so this is where problem comes. Don't assume. Don't assume. Don't assume. Don't assume. These are things people assume. Somebody okay. said if you assume, you make an
1: ass of you and me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. The thing is
0: that <laughs> circumstantial evidence is usually not accepted in court. No, 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 not at all. It's not <laughs> accepted in court. Okay, don't look at the circumstances. Even yet, in the court of law, you cannot yeah. appeal to it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so succumbens. you need to be very, very sure about it. Very, very, very sure about it. Absolutely mm-hmm. sure about it. It's a very, it's a very convoluted thing because uh, the whole thing here is because when you are talking about something, uh, love is one thing, authority is one thing. Because when you are saying. Uh, I want to be an agent of rescue. Okay, you have to make a judgment. Because here, you know, when you, is it okay to go to the person in authority and let them know? The question is, you're making a judgment. Making a judgment. And when it comes to make a judgment, there are authorities who make judgment. Make judgment. That is the right way to do things right way to this so there are what you call procedures there are procedures put over there everywhere there are procedures put over there like we have what we call like in u.s like what's happening with the fbi the whistleblowers who have come out so many whistleblowers have come out and uh, the whistleblowers meaning From within the FBI, people who are the rank and file sees at the top a lot of hanky panky is going on. But the FBI oversight is by the Congress, both the Congress and the Senate. So if you see something, because the FBI also ultimately works under the Congress, you can inform a member of the Congress. Okay, member of the Congress. So that is the right way to do it. Not go to New York Times. That's the wrong way to do it. The right way to do it is what is the procedure. So what did they do? They informed the ranking member, Chuck Grassley. That's why uh, Mary Garland uh, this week set out a notice to all the Justice Department personnel that they should not be talking to Congress members. Why? To, To hide your junk that's why Chuck Grassley sent out a very strong this thing by saying that whistleblowers are protected by law and you cannot say that it's part it's their job to report to the Congress if there is uh, uh because these are appropriate I'm talking system. about in the world system everywhere there are appropriate ways in which to do things so that is so don't bring just love over there Love would, basically, the Bible says, meet that person personally, one-on-one, without talking it to anybody. That's what love would do. And then, if, like I said, if it's none of your business, the person doesn't want to receive it, leave it alone and pray. But if it is part of that, you are part of the same community, then you have to realize how you're going to handle it. But offices and all, I would say, especially in India, because we don't have that kind of an ethos and all that. Though we do have the checks and balances, even in our system, we have it. Like you have, you can... Uh, like you have right to information anti what anti corruption bureau and all that you know but in india you have to be very careful you send an anti to the anti corruption bureau that they will come and pick you and take you so you have to be very careful over here because this is a country you have to be very wise how you do that but but what i am saying is in the home format and in the church format go it by the format the word of god tells you because there is safety in it because And we need to be absolutely, absolutely sure about these things. Don't assume. Don't assume. Because in the case where the Pharisees brings this woman, the Bible is very clear she was caught in the act of adultery. So she was caught. So they knew. And so he he doesn't question. He doesn't ask for evidence or anything. But it's very clear she's, what you call it, caught red-handed. Red handed and brought over there, but the only question he says he doesn't question, he doesn't p- p- pronounce any verdict guilty or not guilty. He actually pronounces guilty, He yeah, guilty. He says, Only thing he says, okay, now the punishment has to be meted out. I have to find a hangman, okay, whichever is without sin can hang her. That is when the, he does not say she is not without guilt. Mm. He actually pronounces the sentence, he says, stone. Her. go ahead, stone her. But the thing is that. One without sin can stone her. And the issue is there is only one without sin. That is he. Okay. But he also will uphold the law because you need two witnesses. Okay, So when he looks around, there is only one. The rest have all gone. Okay, So that's how we have to handle it. Okay, You have to be very, very careful about what you call it, uh, not postponing, preponing. Be very sure when you are doing something, you are not trying to prepone the final judgment there are certain, so many things in life it will be judged only on that day. Because nobody knows the truth. Only he knows. (laughs) A lot of people sit on earth and trying to prepone and take that seat. It's a very hot seat. I guess we have to be very, very careful about it. How you go about all these things. Look at what the word of God says. And in your own setting, what does the law say? And do it. But I'm not saying you should let it pass either. Let it pass. Either you have to be very, very use wisdom. I would say, go to God. Be sure you have heard from God, and be sure God is telling you how to do it, how to do it. In some cases, like David's case, all you can do is run. The authority is the king. The king is wrong. Mm. The king is wrong in every other way. In every way the king is wrong. What are you going to do? Uh You have an opportunity to take justice into your own hands and you refuse to take justice. He says, I will not. I will not take justice into my own hands because he was anointed king by God. It's not my job. So let God, because there is no one above the king. It is only God. So I'm going to appeal to God and leave it to God to handle And when God handles him, it was really, really bad. Okay, so some of the things you have to look at and just leave it to God. (laughs) Okay, and leave it to God and let God handle it. God will handle it in his own ways. So you have to look at it all that way and then decide. Don't, like I would say, don't jump the gun when it comes to authority. When it's somebody below you, it is easier to handle it. But when it is somebody above above you, use wisdom, Mm -hmm. use discernment and be sure you have heard from God.
1: this is another very um, interesting question. Uh, this is question number four. Um, it says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the power of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of the evil in the heavenly realms. Would you say it is about being completely humble and gentle with flesh and blood, is what he means, I believe. And being patient with another in love, is that the way you deal with flesh and blood? And how do you
0: fight the powers? See, like when, you, you, when, you, when you talk about humility is an attitude. Okay. It's talking about an attitude. Humility is an attitude. And the thing is that in humility, you will always give the other person what we call the benefit of doubt. Mm. Yeah. Okay. You'll give them many chances. Many chances. Okay, many chances. And being patient. See, again, it's connected with the previous question. Depending upon who you are and who is the person you are dealing with. Okay, like like I said, the problem with authority is that authority has to take decisions. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot have... What is authority given for? Yeah. Authority is given yeah. for to make decisions. Decisions, yes. Okay, so... When authority makes a decision and the decision is the right decision, it does not mean the person is unloving. The decision is the person is actually loving. Yes. Because love and truth have to go together in efficiency. Uh, speak, the truth and speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love. What does that actually mean? It means that if there is no truth, then the love is false. But the thing is that the way you deal with it, the way you deal with it, okay. it comes from a humble heart because you are aware that you also are just another weaker vessel. But the thing is, there, what I'm trying to put across here is that you cannot, let us say, home city, you cannot be a father and let your children. Get away with anything because you love them. Yeah. So that is not love. Mm. That is not love. No, you have to deal with the issues. Of course, you are patient, and of course, you love, but you deal with them. You have to deal with it. Okay, so yes, your fight is with flesh and blood. But the problem is, the issue is with man. Your 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 fight is with mm. powers of darkness. Okay, that's a different thing. That's really the sure. thing which you handle in your prayer closet. But you have to handle this issue mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Oh, uh, because the person is making informed choices according to his or her will. Mm. And the problem is, like if you look at the story, you let it go. The prodigal son will will mess the home up. Mess the home up. So you have to make a decision. Either you stay by the rules or you have to go. You have to go. Because the rules are, Mm. see, that is where we have to be very careful. The rules have to apply to everybody. That you have to be fair in the application of the rules. So the first thing is that the rule begins, if you are the father, the rule begins with you. Yep. (laughs) Yep. doesn't begin with the mother it begins with you why because you are the head hey, yeah. you are the head mm-hmm. so it begins with you so you need to that's what the bible says no with the same measure sure. okay so yeah. what is the measure you are what is what is that you expect expect from your spouse okay the expectation is the same expectation and the simple question to ask is are you honest In your own evaluation of yourself, you expect this from your wife, but are you giving that? Are you keeping the same rules in the house? Because uh, you are not exempt from the same rules. Because a house, whether it's a house or a church or a nation, uh, house or a church or a nation without rules will not excel. That's why ultimately, why is everything will fall apart? It's because the rules are being changed. The rules are not being kept, and ultimately it will fall apart. So you have to look at it that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Say love is one thing, but if the truth is not there in the love, it's not love. It is mm-hmm. false. It is false. It is false. It is actually a false kind of what we call a self-love. Mm-hmm. Self-love is very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Basically, let me put it across this way. Let's put it in terms of a family, okay? Let us say you have a child and the child is wild. Child is wild. But you don't want to discipline the child because you are worried if I discipline the child, the child will go away, run away, will stop loving you. So it is not about the child, it's more about yourself.
2: Hmm.
0: More about yourself. And that's a false love. You don't really love the child. You don't love, really love the child. You really love yourself. You really love yourself. Okay. And that love of yourself is absolutely false. So people put up with all kind of yeah. junk. Put up with all kind of junk. Okay. Put up with all kind of junk and they think they are being very loving and they are not being loving. They are actually in love with themselves. Yeah. They are not in love with the other person. That's why the Bible says, whom God loves, He disciplines. Whom God loves, He disciplines. Okay, he disciplines, okay. Now we have to be very, very careful about it. That's right. Even when we discipline, we have to be very, very careful because we. that's why we say we do, do not discipline in anger. Be angry but do not sin. Okay, so it is very difficult to be angry and not sin. So the question is, when you are disciplining, be very sure when you are disciplining, the anger has passed. Anger has passed. You know you have seen it. You saw it in the morning. You're not going to discipline in the morning. You shall do it in the evening. Evening when things are all sober and your anger has been settled, you call and you're able to talk. Say. Okay. So the child also realizes, you know what? Dad is not angry. He's objective. Mm-hmm. The problem is, if he knows, when you, when you are angry and you are disciplined, the problem is that the next time the child does it and you are not angry and you don't discipline, the child realizes, you know what, I know how to handle. You can manipulate this situation. He can manipulate the situation. You have to be angry with what the child did. But you're not angry with the child. Angry with the child. This is how you have to handle these things because don't get this false impression about love. Okay, false impression about love. But you have to discipline. And sometimes the problem is that you know people refuse to be disciplined. Okay, the prodigal son doesn't like the rules of the house. There's nothing wrong with the rules, he doesn't like it. So there's no issues in the rules. But he simply doesn't like it. So what do you do with a person like that? Keep him out. Does it hurt you? Of course it hurts you, because it's your child. Yeah. It's going to hurt you. But that's the price You're willing to pay. of Adam's fall. Mm. The price? We have to experience what God goes through every day does it hurt him to discipline us of course it does Does it hurt him to keep a whole lot of humanity out of hell of course he does because he made them in our own his own image he breathed into them because god is love he cannot stop loving because he is love of course he is angry with the wicked every day all that is true but he loves them too okay so it is going to say that's peace of the pie we eat because of what adam did okay so you have to handle Hmm. it handle it very very wisely I, I because some I'm honestly remember this some people are not going to change mm. <coughs> some people are not going to change okay this is what uh, samuel said to saul about stubbornness stubborn some people are so stubborn iniquity. and it is iniquity. yes it is iniquity. and they're so stubborn okay and they have an idol idol their idol is their own opinion And they are not going to change their opinion. And their opinion is their idol. Even if God were to come down and tell them to change it, they will look at it and uh, they will not change it. They will not change it. Okay. So what do you need to do with that? Leave people alone. So to be strongly opinionated is not a good thing. You have to be very sure that this opinion opinion is actually according to the word of God. Is it true or not? Otherwise, you know what? There will be always bondage there. Always bondage there, okay, always bondage there, especially in a family setting, and as men, like we had a women's meeting today, as men, because we are one, two, three, four, five, who's there on that? Yeah, Oh, Brother Ban. okay. We are five married men with homes, and as a man, you know We can have a very strong opinion. The problem is when the head's opinion is very strong and the opinion is wrong, it affects the whole family. So you have to look at it. What is my opinion doing to my home? Because if it is true, there is liberty. If it is false, there is bondage. What is my opinion doing? Opinion doing. What is my opinion Hmm. doing? Is it an opinion? Is it opinion? Does it align with God? Does it align with God's spirit? Is it bringing liberty with God? Okay, liberty. First, it is liberty with God. Is my prayer closet open heavens or is heaven brass? Is it open? I have that liberty in my spirit. When I go over there, I can speak to Him and He doesn't keep pushing the finger back over there and says, this thing over there. Is it is it clear? Okay, and then you look at the house. Is there liberty there? First you look at your spouse, not your children. First you look at your spouse and say, okay, even if it's a decision about the child, does she have the liberty about it? What does she say about it? Because it's her child too. What does she say about it? She's on the same page with you. And if she's not on the same page with you, listen to her arguments. What is she saying? Though mothers are more emotional and distinct, still listen to arguments. Where is she coming from? What is she saying? And then see if the arguments are valid or not. And then listen to what the child is saying. child also has a voice. And listen to the child's opinion. What is the child saying? Is it, is it, is it, does it all? Agree with what God is saying. Then, like let us say, it's a child. It's issue with the child. The father, the mother and the child can sit together. And the father can say, this is where I am coming from. This is, see, the head of man is Christ. This is Christ's opinion. This is where Christ is coming from. What do you have to say? Mm-hmm. What do you have to say? Because this is not my opinion. Mm-hmm. Because I have a head. I also am also answerable. Okay? When it talks about in Colossians 4, 7... I may be wrong. Okay, usually I'm. I get my verses all wrong. I may not even find it. Okay, not four seven, not four seven. Yeah, four one, four one. Four one. It wasn't four. I knew. So at least I was half right. Okay, can I have it in NIV?
1: NIV. Okay,
0: this is also fine. Okay. Masters, provide your uh, slaves with what is right and fair because you know that you also have a master in heaven. Okay, so put it okay. Okay, so as a head, family, okay, or as a pastor, or as a boss, okay, purchase, you know what? Those who are under you. So be fair and be right. Why? Remember, you also have a master above you. This is the principle. Hmm. This is the principle. Am I right? Am I fair here? Okay. Because, especially in countries like India, because we are men, we can bulldoze and have our way in everything. Yeah. And we take that and say, I'm the head. Hmm. I'm the head. Okay, and that's what the Bible says. Remember, you are not the head. Mm. You, have head you. Hmm. you have a head above You have a head above you. Remember, you have a head above you. Meaning, if you are not fair and just, don't expect Sorry. him to be fair, fair and, and just, just with yep. you. Yep, yep. Just with you. Mm. You know, this is how it works. This is how it works. This is, this is when he talks about this. He, remember, we are talking of the worst case scenario. Colossians four one is talking at a age when you have masters and slaves, and slave is owned by the master. master. Mm. It's been bought off the block. To Christian masters who own slaves, he's saying, be fair, be just, remember you have a master in heaven. <laughs> and if you ever run into somebody who is from the Freemasonry circle or active in it, ask them to confess Jesus is your Lord and master. They won't say it. Because they have another master. master.
1: Yeah.
0: Yes, I think we'll stop. We'll not stop there, we'll go to the next
1: one. Yeah, so boy, the most, I think the, the maximum amount of wisdom, if I can quantify wisdom, <laughs> is in relationships. Yes. I, it's it's, I mean,
0: life is basically a relationship, work is you, secondary. Secondary, yeah. And, uh, and if, nice. if you have a team, all who who are exactly. just fair it, it, and loving, and compassionate, work is pleasure. Mm. There are no issues with work. Mm-hmm. Issues with work. Okay, like even when, we, I mean, when I was teaching, I only had issues with students who were rebels. Yeah. I never had issues with students who were weak in studies because yeah. you always felt sorry for them and you wanted to go out of your way to, to help, them help them. So out. that was never an issue. You felt compassion for them. You gave them extra time. But the smart ones who were rebels were the ones who gave you trouble in the classroom. Okay, so if if you, you there were some classes which were just fantastic. Not they were as good as the other classes at academics, but they were no rebels. So it is joy going into that class. Because immediately the atmosphere was different. They were all like the ice kids, loving kids. They would listen. Academically they were not so brilliant. Other classes they were classes some of them were very brilliant. Like state-topper kind of brilliant. But the problem is, they were also rebels. So, you're not looking at the intellectual part of it. Like, if, you, if you're if you only looking at the intellectual part of it, this will give you an intellectual pleasure. Boy, he gets what I'm teaching. He gets the premises. No, but that's not. But this one class gives you joy. There are no rebels over there. No. Gives you joy. Okay, so... You have to look at it. That's also how it works. You may have a brilliant kid, your own child, brilliant okay, in academics and all, but doesn't listen to anything you say. And then you have this child, average, fails, but never rebels. So, ask me which which gives you joy. <laughs> this gives you this gives you concern. You will worry. Oh, will this future be and everything? But then he's not a rebel, or she's not a rebel. So it gives you a lot of joy. Okay. While this one, no worries about academics or future, you know this will make it in life, but this one's concern is always, you know this will finally run into trouble in life because this one is a rebel and all rebels will run into life. This one's concern is provision, this one's concern is destruction
1: boy boy
0: okay so it is not the same way it is mm-hmm. not the same way like i said unless we get into the word of god and start seeing length, through god's length. eyes yep, yep, yep. lens we will not understand life yep. we don't understand life so you know yes our struggle is not against flesh and blood but our str- we also struggle with flesh and blood there is a struggle with flesh and blood because it is trying to bring everyone into the image of christ jesus and those who are in authority has been given their responsibility. And uh, offense is the biggest thing. You know, yeah. People get offended because, you know, you speak to somebody for 10 minutes and yeah. they will take only one word out of that 10 minutes and that one word offended them and then they will make a mountain out of that. And I have forgotten the entire message. The message was lost. So they were offended. I and when mean, you are offended, once they are offended, the Bible says it's easier to win a city than to win the person who's offended. And brother, brother, no. No. offended because now they have enough, but they are not looking at the whole picture. They're not picture okay. What did uh, what did dad say? Could be a child. What did dad say? No. What did the boss say? What did the pastor say? Lifting level. What did what was he trying to talk? Sit back and what was he trying to talk Did he? What he do said does it make? Did it make sense? Huh. No, because dad said it right, so it makes. You know, like you know, dads and mothers know their children better than anybody. So even when they are angry and saying something, shut up and listen carefully because they know you well. <laughs> They know you well. They have seen patterns in, in which you, in your life, mm. which nobody else knows. Absolutely. And when they are talking to about patterns, sometimes God is exactly speaking through their mouth and says, This is your pattern because they know you. Mm. You thought they didn't see, but they saw everything. Yep. Listen yep. to what they are saying. <clears throat> they see patterns in you. They have observed you right from childhood through. They know you. So when they are saying something the same way, when your spouse is saying, your wife is saying, or your husband is saying, listen carefully because they are the ones who live with you in very close proximity. So when they say something, Mm -hmm. you listen because that's a mirror to yourself. Yeah, listen. So these are things. So the simple thing is that don't don't be offended. (laughs) Don't be offended. Don't get angry. Like. If you heard, if you heard the morning when Elsa was speaking, like you now she says she said, All you're to get offended, so get angry. But now God said, Shut up, listen. Don't get angry. Don't get angry. You know? The same way. You need to sit back and say, Where is she coming from? Or where is he coming from? What is he trying to say? What is what is he trying to say? You know? Trying to say. That's how it works. You cannot you, you cannot skirt these things. <laughs> like, being patient with another in love does not mean you don't confront issues. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. confront issues and still give them space to change. Yeah. But you confront, if you don't confront the issue, they're never going to change. Yeah. If you confront them, it's not guaranteed they will change. But at least you know you have addressed the issue. Now the ball, like we say, is in their court. In their core, you have addressed the issue. Like people are going to be offended, but that is where the Bible says, Speak the truth in love. Mm-hmm. You have to tell them this is where it is going. Yes, Pastor Richard.
1: Pastor, there's one last question we should take. Uh, yes. It's question number five. Uh, it says, What comes out of your heart in times of trouble? What does your heart think and your mouth say when your plan is obstructed or simply falls flat? Why are we not reacting the way Jesus reacts? Why are we not equipped to hear
0: bad news? Like I said, Second Corinthians four eighteen. Because our
1: eyes is not on the
0: eternal. Yes, that is the (laughs) only way you can handle Second Corinthians four eighteen. Yes, Second Corinthians chapter four verse Hmm. eighteen. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, Hmm. but The things which are not seen are eternal. So Mm -hmm. the question is, question is, when you get the bad news, you have to look at the bad news in terms of the temporal and the eternal. David ate when the child died. David wept when Absalom died. Because he knew he would see one and he wouldn't see the other.
1: Oh, Lord, that's... It's not me. the same.
0: Hmm. It's not the same. He wept. He said, son, I wish I had died in your place. Tsk. Why did he say that? He didn't say when the other baby died. When he himself is personally guilty, he should be racked with guilt and all that. No? I'll see. he's not coming back. I'm going to him. He didn't say that about Absalom. He wept. Good. So, you have to look at the bad news and to see this news, what I've heard, How will it be in eternity? Even if it is death. How will it be in eternity? Okay. I will see this person. So there is a grief which is temporary. But I will see him again. Any bad news. Any kind of bad news you receive. You have to ask yourself. What will it look in the light of eternity? In the same way, good Mm. news. When you are, let us celebrate Okay, this good news you receive, what will be? its light in eternity? Is it worth celebrating? <laughs> Spending so much time, energy, resources on it, is it worth celebrating? <laughs> Bad news and good news, to get a balanced What's picture, is like <laughs> look, <at> <laughs> look at eternity. If you look at eternity, only you will get balance. In eternity, what will these things look like? No, That is basically faith. The problem is we have only looked at half of faith and we are not looking at the second half of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In that hope and not seen is there our temporary future and our eternal future. What happens? The entire teaching was taken over by the temporary teacher. about the house you will have one day, the car you want to buy. Okay, that's also unseen. It is in the future. You can use faith for that. But what uh-huh. about the eternal?
2: <laughs> okay.
0: The problem is you invested all your faith in the temporary unseen and you got your house and your car and your miserable. Reservable. Why? The Bible says it's those futility. who have hope in Christ only in this life are the most pitiable of people. On the other hand, if you had put your faith, balanced it on this and that, what happened is when the house comes, you are so happy because you know my God has answered my prayer. But your faith is still in the unseen, eternal and not. Because you know this is just a type a picture of what I am going to get in heaven. Anyway, this is temporary, but I am so happy it's because my God is answering my prayers. It is not about what He gave me, but who gave me, mm. who gave me. Okay, otherwise, what will happen? We will not have the evening <laughs> devotions. The evening devotions and the morning devotions thing. are different. <laughs> morning devotions <laughs> is connected with life on earth. Mm. Temporal. Okay. okay, temporal. How you need to handle temporal life. Evening, de- evening devotions are connected with life in eternity. When none of these things happen, how will you react? Okay, that's we're trying to balance it now. This is how you need to live. Use your wisdom, use your wisdom. This make your decision. This is this. Okay. Evening is connected. or oh, you do all this and nothing happens. All you get is bad news, bad news, bad news. How will you still react? You'll still react because eternity... <laughs> Eternity. All this will be counted in eternity. Yeah. The eyes have not seen or ears heard what God is preparing for those who love Him. So you can still rejoice. Mm. Because it's a because you ultimately you look at the eternal and you look at the temporal. Everything is temporal. You know, all men sitting over here. When you bought your first bike, wow, what joy light. for one week it was shining, right? Cleaned it and polished it and all. now. And it doesn't start it. You kick it and then you kick start it. Okay. <laughs> what happened? How, how much joy did this temporal give? Mm. Okay, it didn't give, right? It didn't give. So, it is like that. So, even doesn't matter how much joy the things give us. It is still temporal. Mm. There is something that is eternal. Where it is, I mean, oh. it is the nature of that life. It is joy forevermore. Oh. <laughs> Meaning, I mean... God does not give it to us now because we'll have a mental breakdown. This body, this soul in its particular state cannot handle, handle that kind of tension. That kind of tension. That's why our emotions don't last. It goes up and it has to come down. Otherwise, we'll break down. Our, we, our In this fallen world, in this fo- the fallen body, we cannot handle that tension. Yes. We're going to get a new body and a saved soul and with the spirit-filled people over there, they can handle that tension where you are absolutely on a high always. Joy forevermore. Joy the kind of life and experiences we will have. That's why the Bible says, I haven't seen a year. You can't imagine it. It's not possible to imagine it. Not possible because if it is possible to imagine it, then it is possible now, but it's not possible now. You cannot even imagine it, you cannot even visualize it. Yeah. It's not possible, it's a different realm altogether.
1: But Pastor, mm. uh, when it says, uh, I mean, this is a, very, it's a, it's a question which <coughs> we have always have in our mind, and it says, The uh, last man, the second man, mm-hmm. is a life giving spirit, mm. and the first man is a living soul. Mm. Now, when we enter into eternity, uh, We will become spiritual beings, meaning our body will have a spiritual body. Does that mean to say that our soul gets merged with our spirit or they do become... No, no.
0: See, uh, Jesus is the firstborn of all creation. Yes, yes, I understand. So he is the pattern. So what we are going to do, we will be like this. Only thing that what will be different is the body will be different. Okay. Okay. That's the new creation. Mm. Okay. God the Father and God the Spirit will be different from Jesus. They don't have bodies. yes, yes. Yes. Oh, don't know. Okay. that is how Jesus becomes the firstborn of well, the new creation when he came down, he gave up something and became, and became something else, though man, he's, eternally he's, God, man, man eternally, no. he's eternally God he is eternally God is also eternally, eternally man. man, he took a body for our sake hmm. yeah. so we will receive a body only the problem only the difference is it is not a body of humiliation. Huh. This body, after the fall, became a body of humiliation. It doesn't matter even if you are the queen of England. You cannot be dignified in the toilet. Yes. yes, yes. It's a humiliation. <laughs> it is a humiliation. You sweat. Even if she is the queen, if she doesn't shower, she will stink. Mm. Yes. All the perfumes of Arabia is not going to take it away. It will start stinking. <coughs> stink. What does it say? It is a body of humiliation. Whatever you are we going to receive is a new body. There will be no humiliation. Per- this is my personal, my personal understanding. I could be wrong, but I can also use my imagination. One, you are not going to perspire because perspiration is a part of the curse. Second, I don't think you will need to go to the toilet. Mm-hmm. I think whatever we eat, it will automatically disintegrate and there will be no waste. Mm-hmm. There will be no waste in the new creation. Now, everything we do, there is always a waste product coming out, right? There's a waste, industrial waste, whatever. There'll be no waste. There'll be no recycling. It should be a completely different kind of, complete. There'll be no pollution, no waste, nothing at all. No humiliation at all. No humiliation at all. So when we are talking about that, we will have a body, we'll have a soul, we'll have we'll have a spirit. We'll have all three. So
1: what? What? what, what because is we're
0: going to have a body. We're going to have a soul. No, no. But the, the spirit th- is of God. Ah. The spirit is of. Okay, okay, God.
1: okay, okay, spirit okay. Spirit. So the soul The yeah. only there thing
0: is that the soul will be able to perceive the, the spirit.
1: spirit so very easy. That's what I was. I was because thinking. we are
0: not talking about world conscious. Yes, There's yes. No, no self consciousness is not, yeah, not there. it's yeah. also needed. That boundaries have. come. Ah. that So it becomes
1: soulless. Gone. The boundary the between the soul and the spirit. The oneness has yes. come. Yes. Yes. That merged. is the key. The body, yeah, the, and the soul.
0: soul. They, they are not like it's like, when God says. Here, o Israel, the Lord thy God is one. It means talking about oneness. Yes. It doesn't mean they are one. One,
1: exactly. Like the, the husband, Hindu, husband and wife. Yeah, uh, they, they are, are not one, two people, one, but, but one. one. In yeah. the
0: same way, they are three, but one. Yes, in the same way, we will be three-part, but the oneness will come. Ah. Our body is not in conflict with the soul. soul, anymore. soul is not in conflict, in conflict with, with the spirit. spirit. They are in aligned. Mm. They have been aligned. Mm. So there is no conflict there at all. The same. Okay. So that way what happens is, the body is able to perceive the soul is able to perceive, the spirit is able to perceive. What the spirit tells, there is no conflict, at no all, contradiction yes. at all. Mm. That is what, that is the, the personal transformation in the new creation is that there will be no humiliation. And the other side, it is joy forevermore. It is joyful, joy forevermore. So that is to what God is calling us. And the devil is trying to mess people up with the temporal. Mm. You know, the temporal. And the very fact of the temporal things don't last, it should be an IO. Yeah. It's a parable. <laughs> it's, it's itself, you know, Why doesn't it last? Why doesn't it last? If you look at what lasts, now let me close with that, okay. Let us say people drink and they are high. The next day morning, it's gone. Huh? Yes. Okay, it's gone. So in, in, in what is lasting, if you look, like, we have to look in terms, context of a family, because God is a family man. If there is love, peace, and joy in a family, it is lasting. Sunday there is joy in the home. Monday there is joy in the home. Tuesday there is joy in the home. Wednesday there is joy. So you realize there is something that is lasting. But the things of the world, if you have noticed, you bring Joy that is connected with things, whether it's alcohol or whatever, and you are going to find your joy in them. Let's call it happiness in them. You realize it does not last. So what God has put, we see lasting. The eternal is in the, in the relationships. Mm, yes. Eternal is in the relationship. That's why we should keep our barometer on the relationship. If relationships is messing up, then the eternal is getting affected eternal is getting affected. So what we do is that we use the temporal. That's why God saying commended the steward, so steward, un- unjust, un- steward un- unjust steward. He said, look at that. The people of this world are very, very smart. He mm. said, be wise. What is he saying? He says, use the temporal mm. to feed into the eternal. Meaning, if your wife is upset, upset get her a gift.
1: So that you win her over.
0: You win her over. Get her something. Take her out. Mm. I'm not making it very practical. Mm. Okay, <laughs> Get her something. Okay. In a way, you are saying, I'm sorry. I was nasty to you. I'm sorry. Here's a gift. Now, the gift makes her happy, but more than the fact that there is peace peace coming. So he says, be wise. Invest in it. You'll get your rewards in heaven, because you will have peace. You would have bought. Okay. So he's saying, be wise. That way. Be wise. That way. You know, there's lots of things which you can do. And God says, do it that way. Life. No? That's how you do. That's how you use things. Use unrighteous mammon for a righteous cause. Okay. How did mammon become unrighteous? Money, how did money become unrighteous? Because the devil used it for violence. Ah, exactly. Used it for violence. God says, take the same life. mammon, uh, use it for peace. Mm. Use it for peace. Okay, that is why even in uh, US and here ATG, if you are giving money to ATG registered organization, which is genuine organized for charity, you get tax exemption mm. So you are investing in peace. Mm. Okay, you get you get that, you get it. Why the concept about in the taxation law that if you give it to charity, it's you get a tax uh, exemption? Because what is that money going into? It is buying peace. It's buying food, it's buying love, it's buying, it is being invested in things where the returns are basically in terms of relationships in benefiting mankind. So what does the government do? It gives you a tax benefit. See women, the laws have been framed that way. Yeah. But if you go buy something else you have to pay a tax and GST and state GST, everything on it mm. because God's saying you are spending it on your own pleasure. Mm. You are not spending it on mm. the mm. other. If you spend it on the other, okay, you're vicariously empathy, sympathy you're showing in over there will give you a deduction on that. Hmm. Okay, And you also feel good because you realize, okay, I saved on my tax. Yeah. They feel good, you feel good, everybody feel good. Why? Because it was, the motive was altruistic. It was not about you, it was about somebody else. Okay, so that's how it works. Okay, And if you ever want to get a tax reduction, if I am right, Dr. Samson's word indeed has ATG. think they have ATG. Uh,
1: corpus, Unicorpus has. Yeah, Unicorpus, Unicorpus has, yeah, yes. Unicorpus has, has ATG. ATG
0: yes. So whenever you have a excess this thing and you want to work out your tax this thing and you ask your tax this thing, I have to pay this much tax but if I pay, like you have to pay 40,000 tax, if I pay 20,000 on an ATG this thing, will I get tax exemption? And if he says yes, Give it to Unicopas, because mm-hmm. they have ATG, and ask them to give you the ATG certificate. <laughs> so that way you help, because they really go out of the way to help help poor patients. They really, really go out to help poor patients. Okay, Like even yesterday, one of the doctors from there, we got the text saying that, where the hospital he works and Unicorpus very volunteers, he's bought down his consultation fees for everybody to 250. Yeah, okay, 250. Usually it is 1500. Yeah, 254. Or do you have to pay the hospital? You pay the hospital, but I'm cutting it down by, right? <laughs> God. So, you know, so those are organizations. You have to think at it that way. You know, you look at, we have an organization in our own midst. If I am right, they have ATG. And then whenever you are filing your taxes and you are liable to pay tax, check with your tax, the one who read these things, and ask him early that if I get ATG, do I get an exam? And if he says, give it to them. You can really help them. Really, really help them. A thousand Christians, two thousand Christians, Pay send 10,000 rupees to them, suddenly their budget goes up and they are able to do so much more. Because they are not a much loved hospital in the city. They are hated yeah. because of the treatment they do and they actually show up the corporates, this is so cheap, you are killing the patient. Yep. You can do it for this much. Like I said, when I did my surgery, um, what is that? Virinchi said it will cost me 2 lakhs. But Worden did it for me, 18,000. Think about it. What is the difference? Viranji said 2 lakhs. This one said 18,000. And then you had a whole team of doctors in the in the OT, Operation Theater, first praying over me. And then only they did the surgery. And the anesthetist had to come from a retired guy from Gandhi. He charged 6,000. And then when he went back and heard the surgery, the anesthesia I gave it to, he was a pastor. He refunded his fees. (laughs) He said, I cannot take it because I didn't know he was a pastor. So you look at it, that's that's all it actually costs. How does Kejriwal's health reforms work? Yep, That's all it actually costs. These people are fleecing fleecing us, corporate and government. Much of the government, money goes in sustaining the government. Yep. Not the people.
1: Because they have to take it because they don't win the next election. Yeah, it's
0: all. Otherwise, it doesn't. If you can actually, with the amount of tax, less than taxation, you can really run this country also. You can really run this country. It doesn't cost so much. The problem is corruption. The corruption is so deep. It kills for every 100 rupees that is. And they did a study, you know, how much? 2 rupees reaches the common man. 98 disappears. 98 disappears. So that's the way it is. So that's why when Jesus rules, he sh- comes and he'll rule this only. he can live happily. There's no corruption in the system. We are going to live on this earth. We are not going to heaven. So there is still all kinds of things are going to be here, but there will be absolutely no corruption. And you will realize, oh, wow, it was so easy. <laughs> Government was not such a difficult thing. It was so easy. That is why Israel was to live like that. God gave them the rules. And all the rules in the Bible in connected to Israel are governmental rules. He says, you live like this, you don't even have to worry. You can take a year off. All of you take a year off. Don't work for a year. Okay. Sixth year, I will give you double. Seventh year, relax. You have enough to eat for the se- se- seventh year and the eighth year. And then eighth year, plant and harvest. You just have to go away. I mean this so so actually it means there are rules set in by God by which every nation can prosper. And there should be no poverty. There shouldn't be, should be people dying of hunger. He says, I will send everything in its season. You don't have to worry. So there are laws and governments can run that way. They can when Jesus comes, he will run this world. For a thousand years, like that. And that's why it says deserts will bloom, rivers will flow into, everything will happen. Even the youngest will be 100 years old. Everybody will live long. Life expectancy will go through the roof. We are not talking of the saints who are coming in glory, we are talking about the unredeemed Mm -hmm. man who is living on earth. Mm -hmm. Even they will live long. That is how it will be. Yes, Pastor Vijay, we shall close and you will lead us in prayer.
1: Yes. Father, we just want to thank you once again for this day. Thank you, Lord for reminding us once again, O oh Lord, to keep our eyes on the eternal and not the temporal, to get our perspective straightened up, O oh Lord, Lord, to invest on things that matter, to invest into things that are eternal and not temporal. And everything that we do, O oh Lord Jesus, all our resources, all that you give to us, O oh Lord, will be focused on the eternal. Thank you, Father, for speaking to our hearts and dreams. Reminding us and reinforcing us, in, in, reinforcing into us all the things that we have learned through the years. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Enable us, Lord Jesus. These foundations will be firm in our lives. And Lord, we will continue to live the life that you want us to live and continuously prepare ourselves for your coming. We thank you once again, even as we, Father, wind up this day and Lord, prepare for tomorrow. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would be with us. Prepare us through the night. And Lord, if you choose to give us yet another day in the land of the living. That we will be found in your house on time. Ready to receive from you. And ready to hear your voice. We thank you. We praise you. We give you glory. For in Jesus mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 See you tomorrow. It's in communion tomorrow.
0: Sunday.